We are joined right now by a senior NFL writer for The Ringer, a prolific content creator. He is the co-host of The Scramble, The Philly Special, and The Extra Point Taken Podcast. He is Shiel Kapadia. Shiel, great to have you back. What's going on? How are you? Doing well, Jim. Good to be on with you. Always good to talk to you, Shiel. Thanks so much. So I said on the show last week, you would have to be an absolute idiot, idiot, not to bet Patrick Mahomes and take the points in a playoff game. So then, of course, that's exactly what I didn't do, and it bit me in the ass. I want to ask you, Shield, where did you come out on the on the Chiefs prior to the postseason? Did you see them going on this run? Uh, I did not, Jim. I'm in the same boat as you. In fact, I put my chest out a little bit about a month ago after that Christmas Day game against the Raiders, and I buried the Chiefs. Jim, I said they don't have it this year. They sabotaged Patrick Mahomes with this supporting cast, with these wide receivers, with these offensive tackles. Uh, they're going out uh, before the Super Bowl, mark it down, and they got to reassess this thing in the offseason. And now I got egg on my face, and I got to owe everybody an apology, everyone with the Kansas City Chiefs, because I come out looking stupid. And what I learned, Jim, is that this team can win in different ways than the previous versions of the Chiefs won. I mean, Patrick Mahomes has a knack to know what each specific team is calling for him to do. We saw him do that. And then, of course, the defense, they've still got Steve Spagnuolo. They've still got that championship medal. And here they are. He's looking for Super Bowl number three uh, at age 28. Shield Kapadia joining us. So many good points right there. Shield, what about that Chiefs defense? Is the Chiefs defense that good, or was Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense yesterday just that bad? Yeah, you know, it's always a little bit of both. They, they left plays on the field. There's no doubt about it. The, the Zay Flowers fumble, the Lamar Jackson interception, the Lamar Jackson fumble, uh, I thought his downfield accuracy was a little bit off. But, man, I got to give this Chiefs defense credit I mean Spags had Lamar's head spinning I mean if you look at how often how many dropbacks Lamar Jackson was holding on to the football for three four five seconds with nowhere to go they obviously had that Ravens offense uh, flustered quite a bit and even that Zay Flowers fumble I know he's coming under heat hey don't reach the ball over the goal line that's an all-time play by Legereus Sneed to get there and to punch that football out right before he crosses the goal line. So uh, I'll give the Chiefs offense a little bit, uh, a lot of credit, uh, quite frankly. But uh, I think you're right if you want to say, hey, Ravens left some plays on the field. There's no doubt about that. Sure, I think you're right. That was an all-time play, an all-time play. What do you make of them abandoning the Ravens, abandoning the run as early as they did? I mean, was that part of the game plan or was that a reaction and did they panic? I think they did panic a little bit. You know, their whole game, and I'm a big John Harbaugh fan. I think he's a great coach, but they felt a little too amped up for me. And, you know, even during the broadcast, they're saying, oh, you know, Ravens want to make sure Patrick Mahomes feels them in this game. But then they're committing dumb penalties over and over again. And I thought the biggest edge in the Ravens' favor going into this game, if you look at any statistic, uh, traditional, advanced, whatever, you go into this game thinking the Ravens should be able to gash the Kansas City Chiefs on the ground. I mean, we saw the Buffalo Bills do it in the divisional round, and quite frankly, the Ravens are a better run uh, run offense than the Buffalo Bills are. And I thought they did get away from that too too early. You know, Ravens defense really came back strong in the second half. Like that game was never really uh, away from them, and yet they didn't. They were not able to run the football. I didn't think they tried. They tried to run the football. Uh, enough. And so, listen, I, I'm new school. I generally say pass the football. That's how you win in the NFL. But there are specific matchups 
there are specific times when the ground game can really help you. And as panicked as they were, I thought the run game really could have calmed them down a little bit, and they never really got to it. King Kerr, Shokapati joining us. So where does that leave us with Lamar? For instance, Lamar drops to 2-4 and four in the postseason. He did not play well yesterday at all. He's about to win the MVP award for the second time, but does his lack of postseason success impact the way you view him? It has to a little bit, right? I mean, if he gets to the Super Bowl, then all of a sudden we're talking about a guy who's 27 years old, two MVPs, and is in the Super Bowl. But kind of until you get there, and I don't go overboard. I don't say, hey, the guy uh, stinks. He can't win in the playoffs, anything like that. Because a lot of times we've seen in NFL history, it takes time. I mean, Peyton Manning, other quarterbacks, it takes them six, seven years to get that Super Bowl ring. And so uh, I still believe in the guy. I believe in the talent. I actually thought... This was not going to be their year. Going into the season, I thought, you know what, this is going to be a transition year with the new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin, and then next year will be their year. But, man, the way it played out, it feels like a wasted opportunity because this was a fantastic defense. You had the defensive coordinator. You had a nice pass with home field advantage. This is not a juggernaut Chiefs team. You know, you didn't have to face Burrow or uh, Josh Allen or some of these other quarterbacks in the AFC. So, yeah, I mean, I think for all these guys, Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Allen, you can even throw, you know, Justin Herbert hasn't done even what they've done. But these guys who you look at and you say, all right, they're talented. I believe they're really good. But until you kind of slay the dragon and that dragon is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, yeah, we have to put you on a tier uh, lower than that guy. All right, Shio. So what about the NFC? The Lions were in control of that game. They're up 24-7 at halftime. They even had a 91.5% probable win rate at one point in the second half. So did they lose that game or did the Niners win that game? Man, you know, I almost always give the winning team credit and certainly the 49ers offense specifically in the second half. They don't punt in the second half of that game. They deserve credit. But if I'm a Lions fan, I cannot get over how, how you let that game away. I mean, you came out on fire. You had the right game plan. You score right away. You're up 24-7 at halftime, and then you fall apart. And, you know, I don't think it was the Dan Campbell uh, fourth down decisions. I'm sure we can get to those. But, my gosh, Josh Reynolds drops a pass on fourth down. He drops another one on third down. Jameer Gibbs uh, fumbles. They have an interception. Hit them in the face and lead to a 51-yard completion. They botch a special teams play. I mean, I could go on and on here for probably another hour with specific plays that the Lions let slip away. And uh, I just feel like if you play that game out uh, 10 times, you know, the way they play, uh, it feels like not all those mistakes are going to happen every time, and you're really going to have a good chance to win that football game. They were not outmanned. They were not overmatched. The moment, uh, you know, was not too big for them in the first half. And then in the second half, those mistakes just added up. And so, uh, yeah, I, if I'm a Lions fan, that's just going to be a tough, tough one to get over. Shio Kapati joining us. Yeah, they were not outmanned. In fact, they were in control. So what about Dan Campbell? I mean, I understand that that's what got them there, but he failed on those two key fourth down go calls. Do you have an issue with either one or both of them? No, I, I liked both the calls, and I know people will yell at me, listen, you have to make decisions based on the information you have at the time. And everything from, we've seen the Lions do all season long, from their character, from their personality, from the data, from the analytics, from everything is aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. I mean, they've been so good in those situations all season long because they practice them, they prepare for them. I thought it was the right decision to go for both of them. I think one thing people forget, they do not have a good uh, kicker. I mean, their kicker, Michael Badgley, I think was around 50% for his career 
from between 45 and 50 yards. So that was not a gimme. Your defense, defense can't get a stop. I mean, if you can get that first down, keep the ball a little longer, and punch it in for a touchdown, you have a much better chance to win the game. So uh, I actually like those decisions. Uh, at the time, uh, I think Dan Campbell was right after the game when he says he doesn't regret him. Now, Jim, I will kill him a little bit, uh, not a little bit, a lot. That last possession they have where they're running the football and calling timeout, you can't do that there. I mean, you are giving the game away there. The downside of running it is too high because we all know onside kicks do not work anymore in the NFL. So that's one I'll kill him on with the game management. The fourth down calls, uh, I think they were reasonable decisions, and I would have done the same thing. Yeah, I, I've got an issue with the fourth down calls, but I agree with you. I have no idea what they were thinking running the ball down near the goal line with those timeouts and, and burning it like that. That makes no sense to me. Sheila, I know it's really, really early, but I'm really curious about your really, really early lean in the Super Bowl because that's turning out to be a really fascinating matchup. I'm tired of losing on Patrick Mahomes as an underdog. Right. I, mean, I mean, that's my initial reaction. That Listen, there, there are certain sides you take, and you can live with it or you can't live with it. I, I don't Even if I had all this data and looked at the X's and O's and talked to people and everything told me 49ers, I just don't know that I'm comfortable, again, going against Patrick Mahomes as an underdog in a big spot. He's proven me wrong over and over and over again. And so the line obviously suggests that this is a toss-up game. Uh, I think there are certainly matchups for the Chiefs with their run game against the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, for the 49ers with their run game against the Chiefs' run defense. But that 49ers defense uh, has not been great. So I feel like Mahomes against that 49ers defense, that ultimately will be what will uh, push me to take the Kansas City Chiefs. Sure, i got about 60 seconds. One last thought. For instance, it opened at plus 2.5 for the Chiefs. I'm kill- I hate myself for not smashing that right then and there. By the time we get to kick, what do you think that line's going to be? It's a great question. You know, it was two and a half, then it comes down uh, to one. I, I don't know. I don't know if people are going to keep thinking what we're thinking and say, hammer the Chiefs as a dog, and does it flip? Does it cross zero? Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe it'll settle in there around uh, 49ers minus one, minus one and a half by, we get, by the time we get to game time. But it would not shock me if, if that did uh, flip and moved quite a bit between now and two weeks from now. Well, I think it will. I think it will. And then I think we have a really tough question, right? Like, I'm with you. I mean, I've learned my lesson. You do not bet against Patrick Mahomes and points. But, Shield, what if that number went all the way to three or three and a half the other way? Oh, my God. If if it got to three and a half or three, I would probably, uh, you know, I'd be tempted to take the Niners there because I do think it's an even matchup. And if uh, if it's a toss-up game, I generally – take the points. If it gets that high, yeah, I would be tempted to take San Francisco there. Agreed. He is a senior NFL writer for The Ringer, has a number of great, great podcasts. He is Shield Kapadia. Shield, really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Great job as always. All right, Jim. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you, Shield. Well done. He is a content machine. Great analysis. All right, so Lions fan, he said, I don't have a problem with it. I do not have a problem with Dan Campbell. This is what they do. This is what got them there. They're aggressive. He said, you know what? He makes a very interesting point. How much of it is about the analytics? How much of it is about this is who they are? And how much of it is it about I don't trust the kicker or the defense? And I trust my offense more than anything else. Let's put the game in the hands of the offense. Fine. But it didn't work. 